Welcome to the Edge of NFT podcast with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. Jeff's out today, but uh, we'll be continuing with some wonderful guests. We aim to bring you not only the top 1% of what's going on with NFTs today, but what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts in the business side, but also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things that we love. This podcast is for the futurists and dreamers, the disruptors and creators, the fans and connectors, and the makers and the doers that are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features guests Rish Lachlikar and Mariana Danilovic. Rish is the co-founder and CEO of Superworld, a virtual augmented reality universe mapped onto the real world that allows users to create, discover, and monetize content in AR. Throughout his illustrious career spent living and working in a diversity of international locations, he has collaborated with top players in finance, tech, film, and gaming. His team at Rogue Initiative Studios, the entertainment company he co-founded, consisted of veterans from Amblin Entertainment, Pixar, DreamWorks Animation, Disney, and Activision. Mariana founded and manages Infium, a global consensus blockchain economy for creation of DeFi, NFTs, and consensus blockchain ventures. She is an advisor to Superworld and several other blockchain ventures. Prior to Infium, she was the managing director of BitAngels, the first crypto angel network formed in 2013 that invested in the launch of Ethereum. She was the head of BD content aggregation and programming for MediaZone, a broadband video company of Naspers, the largest investor in Tencent. Mariana founded and directed the digital media incubator at KPMG LLP with two dozen successful portfolio companies and was on the management team of Sony Pictures Venture Capital Fund. She served on the new media board of the Producers Guild of America, board of directors of Tim Draper's Zone Club and Mayor Reardon's Digital Coast Roundtable. Welcome to the program. Mariana, it's so great to see you. The first time I remember us meeting was back when we looked at fan-controlled football league and I don't know if you know it, but they have an app now and you can actually join the team. Beast uh, is the team I'm on. You know, that was sort of a really unique experience of being able to mix virtual and the real world. And it sounds like you've continued down that path with one of your portfolio companies here. It's great to to get to know what you're up to with uh, Superworld. Yes, that, that was a fascinating company. Being an armchair fan and working in sports media for many years, it was nice to be able to control the outcome of a game as a fan. And I hope that you succeed in convincing, getting a consensus from your economy on your team that they're following your lead in controlling the game. So hope you're succeeding there. But Superworld is, you know, it's a VR, AR project, but it really has the opportunity to change the entertainment industry landscape. And if you've done this for a couple of decades, as I have, you know, trying to figure out what company will succeed in this new cycle of innovation and what team would ideally make it, you know, as they have to pivot through the, the changes that you're describing. When I met Rish, I was really, really seeing not just an NFT company, not just 
a blockchain company, but really an operating system for the next generation of entertainment. And that's what I believe will still happen with this particular venture. So I'd really love to know how you two got connected and how your relationship developed from its inception to where it is uh, today. Matt Rich, when he was presenting to investors at an investor event, and we actually immediately saw the vision that that he had, you know, we were able to kind of communicate at the same level about his vision, which is the way that he's, I think, built his advisory board and, and the rest of his team anyway. But since then, I've seen him present to the groups of investors, as well as to the individual venture investors. And I would argue that he's probably one of the best CEOs that I've ever worked with in terms of investor presentation. That's saying a lot. Mariana's been around the world of venture capital entertainment for a, a long time and seen a lot of presenters. What is it that sparked your interest in, in this venture and got you so uh, pumped that you caught her attention that easily? Yeah, so you know, I can I can maybe walk through my background a bit and kind of tell you the evolution of my story and what excited me about what we're working on at Superworld and also how we arrived at this expansive vision that we're, you know, working on here specifically. So, you know, my background kind of ranges from management consulting to investment banking on Wall Street. I was at UBS and HSBC and corporate finance, public finance and M&A in New York. Got into venture capital, investing across tech and biotech. About 10 years ago, decided it would be pretty cool to start a venture capital fund somewhere in the emerging markets. Got on a plane, didn't know anyone, went over to Eastern Europe, Ukraine, Russia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Moldova. Took me about a year and a half, but I ended up starting a venture capital fund backed by a big investor out there named Victor Pinchuk. We invested in about 35 companies in that part of the world. Preply is one of our companies, which is the largest talent marketplace in the world. Did the same thing in Belarus. I'm on the board of Tech Minsk. Then after that, I was early at a company called TopTal, which is a talent marketplace backed by Andreessen Horowitz, a totally remote distributed talent marketplace. So was already kind of living around the world, you know, living very globally. So, you know, Superworld was always in my heart. I've always loved cultures and travel. And about five years ago, I started Rogue Initiative Studios, which is a film, television, gaming, and virtual reality studio. Um, my co-founder produced Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Series, and Ghosts. And my production partner is Michael Bay, the action director. And so at Rogue Initiative, what we do is we build new franchises that go across feature film, television, gaming, virtual reality, all the way to amusement park rides and toys. So, you know, I come from the AR VR industry. Rogue Initiative is backed by all the top AR VR venture capital funds in Silicon Valley. And what happened was about, you know, four and a half years ago, Pokemon Go came out and became this worldwide sensation. A lot of people don't know this, guys, but it was the fastest company in history to hit a billion dollars in revenue. And this year was one of their best years ever. I think they did about $2 billion in revenue, more than even Fortnite. So they've been doing really well. And back then we thought to ourselves, you know what, what if we could build a world 
what if we could build a place where the next thousand Pokemon goes gets built onto it? And that was kind of the vision of Superworld, which was, and I'm using that as an analogy for adding digital information to the real world, right? So I don't even play Pokemon Go, which is the point, right? Is I'm interested in a variety of other things and so are you and so is everyone else. And what if you can empower anyone to create, discover and monetize content anywhere in the world and then utilizing technologies like blockchain and NFTs, empower them to own much of the economics of that content. And how do you do that in a geospatial way, which is what we're doing in Superworld. So the analogy I use to describe Superworld is where Pokemon Go, which is adding digital information to the real world meets Foursquare, which is the data analogy. On the data side, we believe in data integrity, data monetization, we believe in permissioned use of data. There's a lot of people that are disillusioned right now about social media. I have two kids. I, I don't want them getting sucked into a virtual world, right? I don't want that. But what I would want is I would want these technologies like virtual reality and augmented reality to enhance their real life. And so our high-level vision at Superworld is how can we improve your life? How can we better the real world? You know, I can go into much more detail on that, but that's the data part of this analogy. So our symbol is earth and a heart. And then the third part of Superworld is monopoly. And what that means is we've divided the surface of the earth into 64 billion virtual blocks, each block covering a city block of land. And if you own a block or buy a block, you're buying an NFT, a non-fungible token on the Ethereum blockchain. We're blockchain agnostic, so we'll be on other blockchains as well and be interoperable. But if you own a block, you get a share of any of the economics, advertising, transactions, e-commerce, digital commerce, data, analytics, gaming, anything that happens on your land. And then we're building applications that build on top of Superworld as well as we're building a developer API. So other apps can build on top as well. So that's a high level vision, I'll stop there. So you sleep about two hours a night, it sounds like. <laughs> More like four and a half or five. Well, I don't know about you, Ethan, you have kids, but I remember downloading Pokemon Go and enjoying it, but feeling guilty for enjoying this game and wanting to actually have something that was a little bit more adult friendly that I was playing. I kind of had that thought um, come back to me when you're describing your vision here that that was such a cool moment in time and it, it felt like it could be so much more than what it was what it, what about you ethan well i love that we have someone building this company that has been a world traveler and i actually don't know how much someone like mark zuckerberg travels i think he travels for business and things like that but i actually think of him as someone who's relatively stationary it, it tries to be as much as he can because you think of him as sort of this the consistent guy who wears the same thing every day and things like that i don't know if there's an actual parallel here but i think you're coming at a very appropriate time in history where we have all these really beautiful technological worlds that we can live in but there's also a, a sort of, I don't want to call it a danger, but it, it, like you said, sucked in really resonated with me. Pokemon Go, I haven't ever tried it, but I've seen people in the local park here and they're all walking around outside. And I'm like, what are these people doing? Oh, it's Pokemon Go, right? And 
what's really cool is that it's actually one of the main objections maybe that as we're talking about parents right might have around video games is well you got to get up and get get some activity you know get in the get into the quote unquote real world we can have debates about what's real and what isn't but I think that that's really a very interesting feature of what's going on here is that there's this ability to kind of suck people out of that digital world or like have the digital world actually be the portal into the physical realm of traveling and visiting different places and interacting with the environment and maybe even building relationships, right? Because that's, that's something that has been a common objection here is people don't know how to relate except through their sort of social media now and maybe there's ways that these type of apps like kind of help them build little methods of of integrating and interacting yeah i I mean i I think that begs the question rish like on one hand of the spectrum you don't want to be so virtual that people are in a, a virtual world bubble on the other hand you don't want this to be about vanity and sort of some of the problems that we talk about with social media how have you tried to thread that needle here and, and what are your plans in the future to sort of keep that happy balance? Yeah. And it, you guys are completely right. It, it is a fine line and, you know, we are a technology company and we're working with a variety of technologies, AR, VR, blockchain, AI. Again, we're building the, the gateway to the metaverse and, I think that data is a big part of, of that, of maintaining that fine line. I think you're seeing Apple uh, and Tim Cook talk a lot more about this. I think Apple has a, has a pretty good way of at least notifying you of who's using your data and why they're using your data and what they're doing with your data. And they're really cognizant of that. I think that in terms of the technologies that we're using, AR, VR, NFT, blockchain technology, and AI, we're really trying to understand the context of you know, what you're doing in the real world. I, I'm focused on your real world in, in terms of my vision. I don't want to build a world that you remove yourself from the real world to go into. I want Superworld to, to come to you and to be there when you're looking to access information or learning about, you know, the environment you're in. One of our board members is Stephen Wolfram, who's one of the the top AI computer scientists in the world. And when I talked to him about Superworld, within five seconds, he said to me, I get it. This is GPS for life. And that was a really astute statement because, you know, GPS tells you where you are and helps you get to where you want to go. And GPS for life could be teaching you, it could be entertaining you, it could be helping you understand your surroundings, it could help you network, it could help you meet someone, you know, so these are all real world situations that happen in in your real life, not in some virtual world, right? And so I think that those are good kind of use cases or kind of examples for how we're hoping to build our products to help you leverage the virtual world but to help you enhance your real world. And so there's a lot of O to O opportunities there, online to offline, offline to online. So anything you're doing in the real world would love to have that enhanced by our technologies. Wow. So Mariana, how do you think Superworld and traditional Hollywood interact, if, if at all? What do you see as the conversations you'll be having with producers, directors, 
production companies in, in three to five years around Superworld? Well, I'm glad you asked that because we've been having these discussions today. We're not waiting any time to have them. Actually, I have been approached by many of my colleagues in the film and television business, many of the people who are building uh, video games, music applications, music talents, as well as user-generated content companies, mainly influencers, when you think of that side of it, as to how they should participate in NFTs. You know, that was like the first question everyone asked because of all the publicity that is happening surrounding the space. And every time I have a discussion with them and, and send them over to Rish and, and to the Superworld team, it is a, a very long educational session because the business is going to fundamentally change. And I think we have the opportunity for the first time, we have the tools to create meaningful change that actually benefits the main participants. Hollywood has been managed by the 5% of the people that kind of own the power in Hollywood and get 95% of the profits for decades. You know, it was kept that way. But now with these uh, new platforms that came about with the streaming platforms, that didn't change much. There's more employment opportunities, but there are more employment versus participatory opportunities. In the super world, with all of the tools they're developing to onboard creatives and help them both invest and, and participate in the consensus economies, they're allowing them to create, to monetize their creative value in ways that are not available with any other platform today. So those are the discussions we have been having. Uh, we could spend hours on how this is going to change film and hours on how this is going to change music and video games, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a fundamental shift in the way that we can do business in Hollywood, allowing constituencies that create the value to be paid and to track their payments. In essence. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm just curious, as we're talking about how things are going to be changing here in the next near term, one year, two years, five years, you seem to me like the kind of person that's got that kind of a deep chess mind, whether you even play chess or not, probably doesn't matter, but that sort of thinking moves ahead, right? And I think we're really blessed to have you in this space and be able to speak with you. And I'm just curious, like when you think 10 years down the line, uh, do you think 20 years down the line, do you have a long-term vision on kind of where you're headed as a technologist, as an entrepreneur, as a professional, and also where Superworld is headed? Uh, what are the type of things you think about? I think that as technology like AI and you know machine learning and these other technologies start to get more integrated into enterprise and into our daily lives, I think that the one thing that really separates us as humanity is creativity. And you're seeing, you know, I think an explosion of that creativity within the NFT space already. That's just the beginning. NFTs are going to become a lot more sophisticated as experiences and interactive three-dimensional AR, VR experiences. And, you know, we have a, a global ambassador at Superworld named Krista Kim, who's an amazing artist. And she just sold a digital house, which was the biggest sale ever on Super Rare. She talks a lot about the AR lifestyle. And I'll go a little bit further and say XR lifestyle, which is AR, VR, and MR. We call it Superworld, super reality. 
that's what we named Superworld SR, Super Reality. And Super Reality is all about being able to create anything, anywhere, with anyone at any time, and really being able to monetize that activity. And so I, I think what's going to happen is as we develop at Superworld the capabilities for anyone to create digital assets, which is coming in a couple of weeks, actually. <laughs> so we're launching our NFT marketplace in a couple of weeks to create digital assets. We're launching the mobile app in the next couple of months for anyone to put assets anywhere. You're going to start seeing a lot more creativity being, being empowered in individuals to do things across a lot of different areas, whether it's art, science, education, music, entertainment, you know, anything and everything. We're, we're trying to create a way for them to do that and then put all those that content into an augmented immersive environment. And, and then we're moving into DeFi. And so now that you're creating all these assets, you should be empowered to create financial mechanisms to leverage the assets that you're creating and that you own in novel ways. And DeFi really provides that ability. And then again, we're moving into further tokenization. And so back to the premise that AI is going to enable us to focus on more creative tasks and experiences. I think we're gonna start seeing people starting to interact in virtual environments or have those virtual environments interact in their real lives much more and aid them in their real lives and enhance their ability to do real things in a much more strategic, smarter, more educated, more creative, more empowered way when you think of all of those different things. And so I think our lives are going to be very enriched. And that's what I'm really excited about. And I think we're going to be able to make money in a lot of different ways. We're going to live very globally. You're not going to be restricted by where you live and location. We're already seeing that with COVID really sped all that up. So I mean, that's kind of some of those themes. A couple of things. One, I remember seeing a video by Sal Khan of Khan Academy. It was maybe 10 years ago, but it really affected me. He was talking about you know, how our economy is going to move to a creator economy, right? Like what are the things that we're not going to be able as humans aren't going to be useful for us to do anymore, right? Because robots are going to replace our jobs, basically. And I totally agree with that and am heavily invested in, in building my own creative abilities and those of others. And I'll call it a website that you, people can visit for fun. It's called Will Robots Take My Job? It's kind of a cheeky little website, but you can, you can enter your profession and you can, they'll give you like a rating on, on, on how likely it is your robots will take your job. But the, the key factor there is creativity. Totally agree. That's what we do as humans. We're creative beings. Yeah. Just thinking about what Mariana shared and Reese, your, your observations on Superworld being inclusive. I noticed at least in the land I was browsing on your site, most of the land was priced around 0.1 ETH if it was new land. Maybe there's some lower price ETH land, I'm not sure. And that strikes me as a reasonable price for many people, but perhaps a little too expensive for some people. And as we're talking about inclusivity on creation and land ownership, this sort of heavy weight of responsibility kind of transferred from me to your shoulders around how you ensure that occurs? Like, are there grants for land? Are there, is there land subsidization? Could some big donors sort of, you know, support anyone applying and getting land in your world? What happens as land appreciates? How do 
how do we make sure that Superworld is a world for everybody? I'm sure you've given this a lot of thought. I'm curious what you're thinking in terms of sort of managing both the capitalistic components of Superworld, which obviously attract an audience with the inclusivity. Yeah, I think that's a, a really great point because we do want to maintain an inclusive nature to the Superworld platform. We've priced everything at 0.1 Ether to enable this to be a way for anyone, hopefully, to be able to buy that land. And again, 0.1 Ether is still, it's gone up in price. It used to be 20 bucks for 0.1 Ether. Now it's more like 220 bucks. So, you know, 10x from where it used to be. So that is a good point. I think there's going to be other things that are going to happen to further enable more inclusivity on the platform. So on the real estate side, we're going to be adding a lot of data into the land itself. So Stephen Wolfram, who's on board, and we're partners with Wolfram Blockchain Labs, we're going to be integrating the virtual land with physical land pricing dynamic data. So you can have a better understanding of price movements in the physical world and how those potentially could relate to virtual land pricing in locations that you own and maybe have some, you know, better understanding or at least more information on pricing. And that's before you even factor in what's happening with augmented reality and NFTs and everything that's happening in Superworld, right? That's just a physical land pricing. So if you bought a mall in Superworld, you bought virtual land covering a mall and there's a piece of farmland that is going to have a mall next year, you might be able to determine that and pick that land up while it's still cheap and then be able to leverage that in the future. Additionally, the land and the virtual real estate is a big product in and of itself, right? So we're going to enable our super citizens, as we call them, to be able to fractionalize land, to be able to lease land, to be able to take opportunities uh, on the DeFi side of this to stake land, to get yield on land, to potentially get loans on land. So there's a variety of things that a buyer could do to leverage the land they own to create opportunities to buy and sell and gain liquidity as well as take a mortgage. Someone could create a nonprofit that sort of micro loans within Superworld, right? Or parcels out land into different zones where they could subsidize some land for some audiences. And if you support that property, you support that sort of ethos. So there could almost be different ethos and philosophies within Superworld, just like reality. Exactly. Yeah. So anything you can think of that's happening in reality can happen in Superworld, plus lots of things that couldn't happen in reality can happen in Superworld as well. So it's kind of the best of all worlds there is you can utilize a lot of the mechanics. And I used to be a real estate investment banker at UBS. So a number of cash flow exercises on mortgage-backed securities and you know cash flows related to real estate. And there's a, it's a very sophisticated market. And, you know, a lot of that sophistication can be brought into the virtual real estate layer. And back to your point, there's a lot of ways to create assets and there's a lot of ways to own assets in Superworld. And all of those, you know, kind of sit on top of the land. And so we want to make it, you know, as open as possible 
and get everyone in the world on Superworld and benefiting. We have something called Team Superworld, which I'll talk to you about in a bit. But Team Superworld is all about how can you empower everyone to get involved in the Superworld ecosystem and benefit from, you know, the desire to build a better world. That's what we want to do. We want to improve the real world. That's our mission. So I've got, I don't even know if there's one question here. I just want to put up a bunch of things that are picking in my brain. I just bought a house, like an actual house, right? We did the regular title, you know, signed the documents. It's recorded with the government, all that. A virtual house or a physical house? A physical house, <laughs> actual. Oh, okay, okay, just making sure. <laughs> actual house. But I was, you know, I was, I was thinking about all this stuff, right? You know, people are talking about you know, creating NFTs that represent properties. And that's how we keep track of these things instead of the typical title records and, and things like that. So a couple of things around that. Can this be connected to that? Like, can the government now come in and somehow use Superworld as a way to track the, the real estate? And would they? And, and number two, what happens if somebody buys my house in Superworld? but it's my house in the real world. And they start doing something weird with it. Like, I don't know, do I have to buy it back from them to stop them? It reminds me of the domain name thing where somebody else can buy the domain name for, you know, Nike, right? That somebody back in the day could have bought the Nike domain name before Nike themselves did, and then just, you know, sell it back to them for millions of dollars. So that's a lot of stuff, but I don't know if there's one answer or if you could say anything, but what's going on here? What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think in the first part of that question, as this ecosystem evolves, and you know, it's interesting, I'm already talking to institutional virtual real estate buyers. So institutions that, you know, specialize in acquiring virtual real estate. We're already moving into this. Republic just uh, released a fund, right? And then there's another company that announced a real estate investment trust. Virtual real estate. I was curious, you must be a key ally in their sort of fund strategy, right? I just got off of a big call last night with a number of institutional managers around the world that are looking at this asset class. And, you know, that that's kind of encompasses NFTs, but, you know, virtual real estate in and of itself is a very interesting category. You know, it's interesting. I'm a council member at GLG now advising hedge funds on metaverses, which how, how did that happen? You know, it's kind of funny. Life's interesting. So, and they're, you know, looking at metaverses and understanding the differences and how those components play together. So, you know, I think back to your question, I think, you know, governments are definitely a part of this. I mean, again, Superworld's all about the real world. And so we want to enhance our real world. And we, I'd welcome governments to get involved in the super world, right? And I have a number of contacts in, in that space. And I think ultimately, whatever is going to be important for our super citizens and users in general, I think is important for us in terms of how we think about being very customer-centric and building our products that enhance someone's life. And so as an example, Tim Draper through Draper Gorin Home is involved in Superworld. And he's he has a number of portfolio companies that are in the real world and doing real world things back to your real house. And how can a virtual layer that surrounds your house 
enable you to enhance your experience in that real world house? And I'll answer the second part of that question just to kind of help explain how this works. You know, Superworld is mapped on top of the real world and we've divided the world into 64 billion blocks based on longitude and latitude. And those blocks cover city blocks of land, about 100 meters by 100 meters. So they don't cover any specific location per se, meaning it's not like someone is buying your house, the physical structure. You're not buying Buckingham Palace and becoming the Queen of England here. What you are buying is a block of virtual land covering Earth at a longitudinal, latitudinal, you know. But it could overlap with Buckingham Palace, right? It, exactly. Yeah. Well, most definitely covers the whole earth. So every block covers something. Right. And when you own those blocks, you're getting a share of any of the economics, advertising, transactions, e-commerce, digital commerce, data analytics, gaming, anything that happens on the Superworld platform in those areas. And so, you know, again, Superworld covers the earth and we've divided Superworld into blocks. And I'm saying, hey, if you buy one of these blocks you're getting a share of the economics on that block in Superworld, right? And then to be to answer the other part of your question, if you add content somewhere in Superworld, that content is happening in your filter of the world. There's an infinite number of filters in the world. I have one, you have one, Mariana has one, Josh has one. There's an infinite number of them. You could think of those as a profile on Instagram or a profile on Facebook, right? So just because you add something on your profile doesn't mean I see it mm-hmm. unless I'm following you or I want to access your content. And that goes right. back to the data. I, I want to make just very permission. So I can draw a virtual mustache on someone that I want to make fun of, and I can only share that with the people who have that access to that layer and want to be in on that joke. Sure. You, you can think of it as you could create a, a filter, a face filter, right? Which you see these pretty often, but I don't, just because I look in the camera on my phone doesn't mean I see that face filter on my face, mm-hmm. right? I'm choosing to access that filter, which you've created in this example, right? And if I do, then I will see that face filter on my face, right? I think a lot of the things that we're talking about here we're already doing in the real world. We're just with Superworld, you have that ability to access any and all of it anywhere. I'm going to ask the question that I think a lot of our audience is is thinking. And I guess I'll start with Mariana. Are you buying property in Superworld? Uh, I mean, you, you got the inside scoop here on what's coming up. Have you bought any property? And just the other question to both of you is, what advice do you have for potential property owners on scouting out the good property? Because there's a lot of possibilities here. Do we want to go beachfront? Do we want to cover really important places like building on top of the Taj Mahal? What advice do you have for, for potential future super world property owners? Mariana, but first, what have you bought so far? What, what do you got your eye on? So my eye is on a bunch of Hollywood property. But they're not really delineated the way that Ethan's house is not delineated in Superworld. So, you know, I was looking at the Hollywood Walk of Fame over the last few days, and it has several different city blocks around it that I could actually purchase. So I was going to ask Rish what's his advice. But the bottom line is, when you think about what's happened just with the entertainment business, because I know entertainment, 
And what you can do on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, for example, or in some other venue like a Chinese theater on in Hollywood Boulevard, et cetera, et cetera. What can you do to kind of shift the views of people who have created the value, like all those stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or all the wonderful events and, and screenings and premieres that were done in that area on Hollywood Boulevard, you can imagine different things that one can actually build on top of it. So, but back to Rish's point, it really, you know, maybe I don't have to buy the actual Hollywood Walk of Fame. Maybe I should buy just one block and call it Mariana's Walk of Fame in Hollywood and create something that hasn't existed there before. And I've had these discussions with several creators right now in Superworld. Do I buy this lot that's right next to the thing that I want? The sign is on this lot, but not actually on the one I bought, the name of the property. And really, when you think about it, it does enhance the real world. But really, it's all about what do you want to create in a virtual world? What are the properties that you want to create that don't really exist, even in the famous areas of the world that we live in Hollywood? Since you haven't purchased that property yet, you have about five to seven days before this episode airs. Because I asked you, what have you already purchased? And you, you just let the cat out of the bag on what you have your eye on. So we'll give you five to seven days to make that decision. Rish, you better help me out here. But Rish, what is your advice for folks in terms of scouting out land on, on these billions of plots? I think the, the real amazing thing about this that I really enjoy is there's like three things that I hear when I talk to customers and I, I hear these over and over again. So the first thing I hear is just like people are, are just kind of mind blown when they first realize what it is, because it takes people some questions to understand what it means to own virtual land. What is Superworld? What can you do on these blocks? Like, what can you do in the world? Do you have to buy blocks to do stuff? There's a lot of things that people, once they get it, they're like, their eyes get really big and they get really excited, especially if they're creators they're Hollywood directors, if they're artists, if they're scientists, every category, they're sports people, people buy stadiums. There's all kinds of different kind of interests that people have. And so first of all, fundamentally, it's kind of understanding what this empowers you to do, what super world and how, what a super reality mean. Number two, I think the really awesome thing that we, we see is the story is very viral. So Everyone I talk to tells me they've told everyone. They literally talk to me about people they've told the story to. They tell me, they're like, oh, I've told my parents about this. I told my brother about this. I you know, told my, my, my family. They're always very specific about who they're telling. And these people are very important to them in every circumstance, right? And so the story also goes very viral. And I would equate that to, you wouldn't take a spaceship to the moon or Mars without telling everyone you know, or take a boat to the new world without forcing someone to go with you. You wouldn't buy Superworld land without getting someone else to come on board and buy as well. There's strong network effects. And we have Bob Metcalf who just joined our board and he's the guy who created Metcalf's law, which is the law of network effects, right? And the network effects are huge here. And so the third point is where I'll answer your question specifically is the third thing I hear is stories. I hear stories every day. And I ask people, I said, so where, where are you buying? Like, where did you buy? 
and they always have a story, a specific personal reason why they're buying. And if you look at the NFT space in general, a lot of it is very speculative. You know, you have people who don't know anything about basketball getting packs of cards that they don't know what's in, in the pack and they buy it because, you know, they think it's going to go up in value. And I'm not saying that specifically, but a lot of people are speculative about this. And the thing I'm seeing about what we're doing specifically in virtual land is they're buying places that, that they may want to own in the real world. They buying places that they want to create in. Mariana gave a good example. She's into Hollywood. So she, you know, looking at Hollywood places. There's other people that are into historical places, other people that are into religious places, other people that are into places they grew up at, their own apartment, their house. Or, and so what's cool about that is for every person who asks me, where should I buy? I usually ask them, like, what speaks to you in the world? What do you enjoy doing? Where have you lived? What do you love? You know, and they usually give me an answer. And then I usually tell them it's probably more satisfying to think of it, not in a speculative way, right? But to think of it in a way, because to be clear, you can accrete value to your land, right? You could create, if you're a fan of the Beatles, you might want to own some Liverpool and create a lot of Beatles content or create reasons why people want to virtually go to Liverpool or physically go to Liverpool. And you want to be the guy who has the biggest Beatles store in Liverpool, right? Because we're moving away from a, going to a website, but instead thinking about locations, geospatial. Did you get Gary Vee to buy any land? In- I, I don't know if he has, he might've. You know, I think one of the, the first names that people used to tell me about was Elon Musk because they, uh, there's a profile Elon Musk that's bought a lot of land in LA. So, you know, we're on the blockchain. So it's hard to know who's buying specifically. We get an email address now and things like that. So yeah, uh, we'd love to have him. You made me think of, you made me think of his kind of public pursuit of the jets, right? He could buy the he could buy the stadium in which they play. hundred you know? percent. Yeah. And he'd ha- probably have to buy it from someone because there's a lot of people that have the sports idea mm. and are acquiring sports stadiums all over the world and all of the sports, right? So mm-hmm. football, U.S. football, European football, basketball, college football, basketball, baseball, like literally all of them. So it's pretty fun. It's for me, it's fun. Cause I love, I I'm just so into so many different subject matters that I find it just enlightening to hear people's stories. So are you a landowner as well? Yes. Yeah, most definitely. I bought land three years ago when the word NFT was <laughs> not on anyone's tongues. Literally we were one of the first, uh, companies in this space after CryptoKitties came out and uh, really created the category. And uh, so, yeah, came on board and acquired some land, but really want everyone to own land. So it wasn't that we came on board and acquired a lot of it. I had some places that I loved and, and wanted to get those, but ultimately I want everyone to be able to buy the places they love and create there and empower them and get into decentralized finance with virtual real estate and Get, go and get our token when we launch that. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved. So we've talked about the macro long-term, but you have some specific projects and offshoots of Superworld that are coming up in the next few months, right? Can you give us the inside scoop there? Yeah, so in the next few weeks, we'll launch our NFT salon 
that's already been kind of teased on our website. So if you go to our website, you can actually start seeing parts of it. We have a, something called Inner Circle that we launched. Inner Circle and Collector's Corner are two onboarding programs. I'd say the biggest question that you know a lot of creators have is, how do I create an NFT? How does it work? How do I market myself? How do I make a successful sale? And that's what Inner Circle is all about, is how do we get this information out there to creators and artists and film directors and all of those that we think would really benefit from being able to go direct to their fans. And so that NFT salon will, again, cover all kinds of categories from sports to music to art to everything. And so Inner Circle is a a way right now that anyone of your audience can go and sign up to start the process of onboarding to create NFTs in Superworld. Uh, Collector's Corner is, is a way to get educated on NFTs and what's coming out in the market and what people should be buying. And we're featuring artists and collectors and we're creating a lot of resources that are coming out on our website that will educate the market about uh, NFTs in general. And then in the next couple of months, we'll fully launch our mobile app. It's already out on the, on the app store. And even last week, an artist was the first artist to create an NFT and place it in Times Square. He just posted that on Twitter last week. So you can see floating NFT in Times Square that he's published using our open beta. And so that that application, the mobile app, is going to allow you to do so much. Again, create, discover, and monetize anywhere. That product's coming out. And then in the next six months, we'll be fully in DeFi and further tokenization. So there'll be a lot of ways to get involved in the ecosystem. I'm sort of like pausing here because I'm, I'm like trying to figure out how to, how to get in fully involved. So if I'm, if I want to go to Superworld and I want to visit like the NFT salon, I, I go to the, I basically go to superworldapp.com and it looks like there's some, there's just some drop down menus and I can find it under NFT. If I want to purchase some piece of property, I feel I've went to the virtual real estate and sort of have like an interface and it looks like, yeah, if if I want to purchase something, does somebody else already have to own it or I can just browse and I could find any piece of real estate that I want that's already there and I should be able to purchase it? Yeah. So anything can be purchased. If it's unpurchased already, it'll say available and you can click on it and purchase it. If it's already purchased, it'll either be for resale or it'll be not for resale. It'll be purchased and be grayed out and you won't be able to purchase that just yet. However, very soon we're adding messaging. So you could message a buyer that is not currently listed their place for resale and you can offer, give them an offer. And if you look on the left side of the screen, we just launched uh, a few days ago a dashboard. You click on that arrow on the left side of the screen, it should pop out and you can see what's recently being sold and what's recently been purchased. So some people always want to kind of get some ideas of, of what's happening on the market, what's being bought and sold. And so you can see what's recently been bought and sold. It might give you ideas. You can go and buy one of those properties. And then soon to that dashboard, we're going to be adding iconic places that everyone, people always when you actually go to buy, you're like, oh, uh, 
you only thing you can think of is Eiffel Tower, right? But there's so many other cool iconic places. And so we'll have a whole list of places that a lot of people love. And then there's places that are trending. Oh, this is seems really popular right now because maybe it's spring break and everyone's going to Miami or something, or it's carnival and everyone's going to Rio and places in the world that are interesting. It's Earth Day. So a lot of cool places are coming up soon that could be interesting. And then the other thing is we'll have a full recommendation engine. Hey, it looks like you like buying beaches. Have you thought about this beach in, in New Zealand that no one knows about or hasn't really been... It's available or selling pretty at a pretty nice price. So we'll have a full recommendation engine there on the real estate side. I got to say, you, you definitely have a few speculators in there because I went to Dubai and there was a shopping mall for like 999,000 ETH. And I was like, wow, somebody is hoping that a Bitcoin whale gets drunk and just says, sure, why not? Yep. No, no, true. No, I mean, you know, like I said, they might have a connection to that mall, may have an interest in that mall, maybe they have an appreciation for that mall. But yeah, you can reprice your land to whatever you want. So, you know, buy places you love and reprice them. Nothing, nothing against that. You know, you don't know who's interested and what why they want to buy and, you know, they might love it more than you. So hopefully you could find also a way to install some extra, like an extra brain for me uh, so that I can fully like get fully involved in all these worlds that are now burgeoning. It's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. So we really appreciate there's having- a, There's an industry, Ethan, of super world consultants waiting to, um, <laughs> yeah, excellent. to come out. Uh, I just heard, I actually just heard somebody, I heard a podcast the other day, the guy that runs a company called Tuple, he pays someone, he's got a video game coach that helps him get better at video games. It's incredible. I think, what do you think, Josh, is it time to hit, get into the edge quick hitters here? Oh man, I guess it has to be at some yeah. point. I feel like we could keep talking to both of you for hours. I hope that you'll come back on our show so we can continue this conversation after some of these new projects roll out. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're craving more time with you guys. Uh, we'll reluctantly transition over here, but it's a very fun part of our show. We've got edge quick hitters, and then we'll talk a little bit about the breaking news after that. But edge quick hitters, a fun and quick way to just get to know you a little bit better. 10 questions. We're looking for just a short, single, or few word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. And we'll let you guys take turns. You know, wh Whoever feels like speaking, you can mute yourself when you're not, though. Uh, first question is, and I'll give it to Rish because you're unmuted. What is the first thing you ever purchased? I think I probably went for the pyramids in Egypt. That was probably, I've been all over the world. I've lived all over the world. And that was one of those places that really blew my mind when I was there. That was probably one of my first purchases. Ah, <laughs> okay. In the physical world. Uh, okay. First purchase in life. Huh. It was probably like some toy or something like that, you know, like a Transformers toy or something when I was little, you know, if I uh, had a job when I was, you know, I was like a newspaper boy when I was really, when I was like eight years old. So I do love the kind of imagery though, of somebody just listening in on this and not knowing all the context. And you ask somebody, what's the first thing you ever purchased? And they said, it was the pyramids. Yes. I, I purchased the pyramids in Egypt. That was, I remember that. That was such a, it's a wonderful day. 
Mariana, what about you? Uh, what's the first thing you recollect purchasing? And you can deliver this in any context or super context that you desire. Well, I did purchase uh, real estate you know, in Malibu. So that was a big remembering moment for me almost 20 years ago, I guess. But I think maybe that drew me to super world because it's along the same lines of owning beachfront property in the world. I mean, that's the one moment that I remember that I felt really great about a purchase. Yeah, that's a big deal. Malibu is a beautiful place. All right. What is the first thing that you've ever sold? And whoever is ready first, you can unmute yourself. Yeah, maybe a car in college. That was a bigger thing I've sold. I, I, I might have sold, I don't know, that newspaper job counts selling newspapers when I was little. I used to sell, I was a Boy Scout, you know, an Eagle Scout, definitely sold some different kind of you know scouting doodads and stuff when you're in scouts there so probably something related to that you're not alone our last guest scott page one of the former sax player for the pink floyd he sold newspapers too yeah i think it's one of those jobs that like you read about i don't know how i got into it my mom like made me do it <laughs> which is good i think it taught me a lot it doesn't pay very much but it teaches you to, to be responsible every week because people are waiting for their newspaper, you know? <laughs> I sold my first car. This is, you know, I blocked this out of, from my memory that it was my first purchase to the bigger one. When I was in um, second year of college, I actually purchased my first car. So I waited a long time to have it. And I told my American dad who took me shopping, I said, you know, I don't want a Japanese car. And I don't want a brown car for some reason. That was that was my taste level at the time. So we ended up with a brown Datsun B210 as my first car. He determined that I was the best purchasing option. And they called it Mariana Mobile for like a long time until I was able to sell it finally. <laughs> finally, yeah, I had one of those. I couldn't wait to get rid of. So what was the most recent thing you purchased? virtual or reality? Well, I was hoping it would be Binance token, but it's really hard to purchase. <laughs> so, so it has to be more ETH. I've, I've been buying ETH all year, so. All right, a little inside tip there. Rish, what about you? I have been buying some crypto recently, so more crypto. Yeah, Bitcoin and ETH probably is a good one there. But I do have to get always stay up to date on iPhone just because of the AR capabilities. So iPhone 12 really added LiDAR and a lot of different capabilities there. So on the hardware side, I'm always trying to figure out as we're building on new platforms, keeping up to date on that stuff. So, What's the most recent thing that you've sold? Did you sell any of that crypto? Did you sell an iPhone? What, what, what kind of things are you putting up on eBay, whatever? Yes, yeah, so I sold, this is kind of an interesting story. When pandemic hit in uh, March, we had a whole bunch of sponsors for Infium that kind of gave up on sponsorships because we were going virtual and we went virtual with our events right away. So I had to divest of some of the investments in order to fund the, the month of April. And I, I sold some things that were invested in ETFs, you know, in my Chase account. And that took for like, I would say two or three weeks to see the money. <laughs> so I ended up selling some of my altcoins off of 
Coinbase at the time. And that took literally one day to receive. And so that was a very interesting, I would say, experience in terms of why do we need DeFi and why do we need cryptocurrencies and why do we need this new world we're all building? Because in a pandemic, when you needed access to your money, you didn't want to wait three weeks to receive it. So that was a very interesting experience in selling something. Yeah, fascinating. And yeah, it's just, it's interesting too to see the transition among, there's a certain crowd of people that are doing things like this now, but not everybody is, but it's kind of like the forefront of what the future is going to be like. It's fascinating to see. I think I just sold 165th Street in Manhattan. So I just checked. <laughs> That's nice. most recent. <laughs> nice. Now, when it says 165th, does that give you from all the way west to east? I was at a city college of New York. It's not too far off from that area. Yeah, so each block is a, a city block of land, 100 meters by 100 meters. So square block. Yeah, it just I just saw the, the street name, I guess, that went through that. Congratulations on that. I hope the transition to the new owner is, is uh, smooth. So we're talking about prize possession, and this could be whatever. It doesn't have to be uh, something materialistic, but it can be. What's your most prized possession, something you own and you carry with you in your hands or your heart? I would say my brain, um, because I just, I am so grateful to live in the time that we're living in and to be able to enjoy it and to be, you know, plugged in with these amazing CEOs creating these amazing companies and all of us in this ecosystem creating the brave new world. I read the brave new world when I was seven years old and I never knew that in 1984 and I never knew that I would actually participate in them. That's my pride possession to be alive right now and be able to fully function. Yeah, I'd second that. My heart is what drives me. Uh, I kind of go follow my heart and uh, whatever I do. And to be honest, I'm not very material oriented. I, I, I'm, I, we live nomadically around the world. And so really get down to a bag, you know, which sounds crazy to some people, but I can get my life down to a suitcase, all of it. <laughs> you know, I'm more about experiences and connections and people. And, and so I think I follow my heart. And uh, so that would be that would be my most prized possession, if, if that is a possession. My family, I don't know if that's a possession, but obviously that's very important to me, my wife and my kids and yeah, my friends. Sure. If you could buy anything in the world that's currently for sale, what would it be? You know, I've been trying to get that Hollywood Walk of Fame. I'm still struggling. So hopefully that's my next purchase. Smart. I don't know. I, I, I don't. These questions are kind of tough with the acquiring things. Could be, you know, you could invest in something, you know, that's maybe a little easier buy an asset or buy a share in a company or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really into education and knowledge. I think I probably need to sign up for that master class. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> you know, that sounds pretty mundane, but I, I need to do that. You know, there's, you know, a lot of courses out there. I would probably say like, oh, I need to sign up for some one of those courses and do one of those courses. You know, it's just uh, related to just time and kind of taking the time to do that. Maybe like a musical instrument or something like that. I'm always really into acquiring kind of skills or learning something. I love traveling. So that's like a flight somewhere or trip somewhere. 
which masterclass uh, appeals to you? Is there one particular personality that you've seen that you want to get in? Like I did the uh, Herbie Hancock, you know, because I play piano. I was fascinated. I've been fascinated with that project. Steve Martin co comedy. That was a good one, too. Yeah, they, I mean, a lot of them sound really great. I love comedy and acting and, you know, all, all that stuff as well. I love, I, I'd like to learn how to cook maybe so that, that that's kind of cool, like public speaking, you know, all, all these kinds of things that I think you can kind of ameliorate yourself in different ways. So, you know, I, I like them all. I, so I don't know if I have any specific ones. I'm like really into spirituality and meditation, yoga. So I can see some of those classes being really interesting to me. That's it's all stuff I kind of read about too. Is how do you kind of, you know, get to know yourself, get to know who you are, and improve yourself. And so those are the classes. That's a great transition to our next question. If you could pass on one personality trait of yours to the next generation, what would it be? Well, I have kids and my daughter is five and my son is two. And I always try to instill uh, a love of learning to my kids. I grew up with an aunt who was a librarian and she'd always give me uh, a set of encyclopedias every year or two because the library would like get rid of them, you know? And so, you know, I would, I would kind of be the lucky kind of owner of a new set of encyclopedias. And I was so excited about it. There's like, whatever, 30 books covering all these topics. And, and so I would just sit there hours a day, just like looking at these books. And, you know, now we can, you know, access so much information, unlimited amounts of information, but it's really the desire to want to learn it and to explore. And so that's what I would want to impart to my kids is a never ending desire to, to learn, get to know people, to love, to share, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's definitely what drives me every day to do things. So I would love to give them that. I have a great quote. I, I uh, actually, aside work on pianos, tuning pianos, fixing pianos and things like that. And one of my mentors in that space has a good quote. He says, I can teach you how to do something, but I can't teach you to care. Yeah. Mariana, how about you? What would you pass along? The learning, the knowledge seeking. Also, you know, having this discussion today with Superworld, to be the citizen of the world, that is so important. And with blockchain, I mean, I always was hoping to do that, you know, working for an affairs, we were aggregating content from a thousand different content providers globally. Sony Pictures Entertainment was a global company, 20th Century Fox, I always worked for global companies. But in this last few years, because blockchains mostly developed outside of the US, and unfortunately, our regulation has not caught up to, to kind of create an environment that's nurturing the new startups yet. I'm very much hopeful that it will happen very soon. So a lot of the companies we worked with are from all over the world. And it, like Rish, I traveled and lived and was born in another country and then came here. And I feel comfortable in any country in the world. And I feel comfortable with any management team from anywhere in the world. And I feel like we're all, you know, in this together as a global community building this so being that citizen of the world and having that feeling installed 
an early age, I think is fundamental to belonging to wherever you are, which is a, a really important thing to feel. That's beautiful. Well, I know, Mariana, you have a hard stop soon. So we'll go through the, the last few questions a little quicker. If you could eliminate one personality trait of yours from the next generation, what would it be? I am always very focused on getting things done in a perfectionist way, you know, the best ever I could be. And sometimes that the pendulum swings too far to the best ever. Sometimes it's good to just get things done and get things moving and move on. <laughs> Rish, what about you? I would like to think bigger or like, so what's the opposite of that? Like not think small. Wow. Okay. Right. And that's saying a lot, given you've created super world. <laughs> wow. You're, you're, you're setting, you're setting a bar everyone. Uh, we have, <laughs> we have Elon Musk uh, reincarnated on, on this uh, podcast today. Well, no, I mean, I mean that though, because I think that, if we could all like, if I could continue or grow and think more, just bigger. And I think we always put ourselves into this, regardless how big your box is, I think you could get bigger. I think that would be some kind of theoretical thing that if you could limit, eliminate that, then boom, <laughs> every, everyone's thinking bigger and I'm thinking bigger and you're always gotta, thinking bigger. I got to yeah, get this follow so. up. And maybe you don't have an answer, but is there something right now that you're like not thinking bigger than that you have an intuition you should? I think that we can go bigger in everything, which is the, the, the answer to that question, right? So I think in any part of my life, if you think back, I think Elon Musk is a great example of this is really, you know, you see what he's done and it's so incredible. And, you know, no one would even imagine a lot of the things that he imagines. And, and so I think in, there's so many areas of my life that I could think bigger. And, and being around people like Mariana and others who have done a lot of things and who, you know, lived amazing multiple careers and a variety of spaces and, you know, having those types of relationships kind of helps you think that, literally anything is possible and that you should grow yourself and expand your, your framework. So, you know, whether it's exercise, whether it's like, I need to stretch more, you know, I need to be more into yoga or, or I need to study more, learn, you know, computer science or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to learn. So I would, I would say that like, I, I try to always improve myself. So I would say every part of my life, I could say that's true. That's great. That's that's great. So we're going to ask Mariana two quick questions. All right. Should we, she's a perfectionist. She might literally like be perfectly on time to the next thing. Do we need to let you drop off right here? Or what, what's your situation, Mariana? You can take those questions later if you don't mind. So I can start. Okay. So Mariana. All right. Should we, she's a perfectionist. She might literally like be perfectly on time to the next thing. Do we need to let you drop off right here? Or what, what's your situation, Mariana? You're, you're muted. You're muted. You can take those questions later if you don't mind. So I can start. Okay, so Mariana, tell us how people can stay in touch with you after the show. You can follow me on Twitter, also on LinkedIn. And I definitely answer direct messages on both. And it's at Marianne. There's no A. Danilovich. Great. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. So, so Rish, what did you just do before joining us on the podcast? I had a number of calls all day. I had a panel that I was on with the Technology Association of Georgia on NFTs and blockchain and what's going on in the space. I had a call with a magazine and, and had other, other calls with just a variety of kind of stakeholders, real estate buyers and team members. And yeah, so it's, it's back-to-back calls, musicians, music agents, stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. I, I enjoy it because, you know, I have so many different interests. And so uh, it's fun for me to be able to just go bounce from some technology call to some music call to some virtual real estate call to some artist call. It's fun. Yeah. So that probably answers the next question too. I assume, what are you going to do next after this podcast? More calls. After this podcast. So I'm in Miami right now and it is crypto week here. There's a conference. And so after this call, I have to start getting ready to head out to that conference. But I do have two more calls in the middle of, of the conference in the, in the evening. So I'll do those. And, and then, yeah, I think retire to the conference, hopefully. So that's going to be the rest of my evening. It's nice to be in Miami Beach. Yeah, not a bad spot. I'm sure conference circuit's going to start to pick up soon. So it's great stuff. And it's interesting that Georgia's interested in NFTs, you know, it might not be a state that comes to mind as like one of the first that would be into that subject matter. It's really cool. And it shows sort of how prolific this opportunity is within the space beyond what people may hear about in the mainstream. Yeah. You know, I think that this technology and and structure really affects so many different categories that it is revolutionary in, in the transformational nature that it in, enables any creator, any influencer, any brand, any individual to, to really have that ability to monetize and own and control the economics on things that they create. And so I think there's a lot of different parties that are involved and interested. I mean, we had someone from Turner, which is a big sports media company involved on the call and they're based in Atlanta. And we have another one of our advisors was there. And so, yeah, a number of different people that are involved in the ecosystem in in Atlanta that were part of the call. Well, we love to end the show with some hot topics and we got some fun ones that are happened the last few days. You got a few minutes to chat about the the news. Ethan, what's popping there? Yeah, so here's the headline. It's not NBA Top Shot, Beeple, or a tweet, but IBM is about to turn patents into NFTs. And I think that is in line with a lot of what we've been talking about, even in these past few episodes, the kind of long-term sort of logistical, you know, under the surface value of what NFTs are gonna are gonna provide as far as infrastructure in the future. And of course, it sounds like Superworld is kind of a little bit of both, right? You've got the sort of something that we can have a little bit of hype about in the moment and the social media aspect, but also establishing that groundwork. How do you think about that, Rish? 
we have Nathan Gower, who founded the digital assets team at IBM on our board, and he's very plugged in. I talked to him last night. I was on that institutional call with him, and he's a brilliant guy. And I think with someone like him really so deep into the, the blockchain world and you know understanding all of the, the different aspects and facets of how NFTs can be applied outside of you know, what, where we see them right now, which is just content and art and music and things like that. There's so many enterprise use cases here of NFT technology. And I think IBM in doing that is really demonstrating that, that these assets that they're creating that are held together by intellectual property law can also be monetized in ways that we're currently not maybe looking at patents to be monetized. I think that the power of this, I mean, a lot of people talk about NFTs and think of it as some kind of hype trend or something, um, but really this is a technology. We've been in this space for, you know, three years or so already. And, you know, we, we believe in the technology and the applications of the technology are consumer all the way to enterprise. So I applaud IBM for doing that. And there's other institutions that are also kind of doing that, doing similar things, which I'm really excited about. The next one on the, the list here, another headline, the metaverse bet crypto rich investors snap up virtual real estate. Of course, this has been the topic of our, our discussion for the entire session here. But, you know, the article mentions, in addition to Superworld, some of these other places like Decentraland and crypto voxels. Do you have any interaction with, with those other platforms or how do you look at those other platforms where we have digital real estate? Yeah. So we're really open at Superworld. You know, we're mapped on top of the real world. We're an open platform. We're software agnostic, hardware agnostic, blockchain agnostic. Decentraland and CryptoVoxels are examples of, you know, virtual worlds that are totally virtual, right? They're totally virtual environments you know, other virtual worlds like Somnium space that are similar. And there's other non-decentralized virtual worlds like Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft and others, right? And so, you know, I think the way that we think of our relationship with the other virtual worlds is we want to be very open. So any content you create anywhere else, we want to enable you to share that content into Superworld. We want you to be able to create content in Superworld and share that anywhere else you want to. I think we're, we're very customer centric in how we think about Superworld. So we want to you know, enable you and empower you as a customer, as a user, as a super citizen to be able to do in Superworld what you want to do. And so I really enjoy talking to our customers because I get to learn what they want to do and they all want to do something. They either want to put a piece of art somewhere, they want to put some music somewhere, they want to do a concert, they want to go to a concert, you know, they want to interact in other virtual worlds, and we want to enable all of that. So again, our, I think high level, we want to build Superworld in a way that as a user and a customer, you have that flexibility. And so we'd love to be a, the gateway from your real life to this virtual world and accessing all of those virtual worlds. By the way, on top of your thinking big comment earlier, uh, have you created the real estate on the moon and Mars and, you know, Saturn and... Yeah. So, you know, again, Superworld is thought of as augmented reality because we're mapped on top of the real world and because that's where humanity lives right now. So there's not really that many people on Mars right now. So 
to, to get a share of any of the economics on Mars is probably a little premature. It's so early. However, in Superworld, you can go in fully virtual environments. So you can go to Mars or the moon in Superworld, and you'll do it from being on Earth. But when we do have enough people on Mars or the moon or other places, and it makes sense to share monetization economics with someone who's a user on those other kind of physical places. Right now, all the physical places are on Earth, right? So we share the economics on Earth. But as users, you know, become more predominant on other places, there's no reason that we can't build ways for people to buy other planets. Um, so definitely on our roadmap. But um, yeah, Krista Kim, you said is advising and she created the Mars house, right? That's what that was called. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Krista Kim is, is our global ambassador at Superworld, as well as one of our artists in residence. We have an artist in residence program. And yeah, she built the Mars house. You know, we're connecting with lots of architects to build virtual architecture in Superworld on top of the virtual land. So that's one example of, of a structure that, that Krista is helping us kind of build in Superworld. What's the next headline? Paris Hilton launches own NFTs selling for over $1.11 million. I know I noticed that she sold one for charity and I'm curious if she's, I'm sure that's continuing the trend of, of selling for charity and maybe not for personal profit. And that seems to be an interesting trend here in these large selling NFTs that they're oftentimes also raising funds for something that people can connect with in terms of doing some good in the world. So. Are any, is anybody doing anything in terms of buying or developing in Superworld that has a specific fundraising component for some sort of charity or anything like that? Have you seen anything big going on? Yeah. So, you know, when we launch our NFT salon, which will launch in a couple of weeks, we will enable anyone creating NFTs to be able to organize cash flows that come out of those NFTs in whatever way they like. So charity is one of those ways that they can elect to take some of the cash flows that they earn from Superworld into their charity of their choice. Additionally, we have a program called Team Superworld which is what I've been waiting to tell you guys about, which is on our website. So you can go to our website under the about section and sign up for Team Superworld. And Team Superworld enables anyone to, you know, generate income for themselves from user activity in Superworld. So we're, we've just integrated with props, just announced on VentureBeat last week. And that will enable you to, you know, earn crypto for any action that you take in Superworld. And then you also currently are able to earn free real estate in Superworld for taking actions like sharing, you know, social links or social content from us out in public. And so when someone clicks on that, you earn free real estate. And then thirdly, and most importantly, what we will do is once you reach certain levels, certain milestones, will enable you to do things, we'll do things on your behalf that better the real world. So, you know, plant a tree as an example, once you get to it, we'll plant a tree on your behalf or, you know, support a charity or an organization that you want to support. So basically what I want to do is link actions in Superworld 
to benefiting the real world. And so it forms this cycle. Yeah. And that's really important to us. Wow. So that sort of gets to the earlier point, though, about inclusiveness, because you could be an active citizen of Superworld without investing money. If you don't have 0.1 ETH right now available to you for whatever reason, you can participate in Superworld economy and evangelism and acquire some land. So, so that's really cool. And you know, our listeners should understand that, that this, is, uh, this opportunity is out there for them. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I want to I want you know everyone to be able to be involved in Superworld, earn free land for you know taking action, and and also earn crypto for being involved in Superworld. There's a guy on our board who's the one who created the word metaverse for the IEEE, and he has he has something called the Viper Protocol, and the Viper Protocol is all about every action that you take in a metaverse benefits you and benefits the metaverse. And the third thing for us is it should benefit the real world and benefit humanity. And so that's kind of what we want our, you know, virtuous circle to be is you take action, it benefits you, the metaverse, the super world and benefits the real world. Ethan, we're going to have to think about where in the world we want to put edge of NFTs production studios and super world and what kind of fun stuff We'll have to cook up. So you've given us some homework, Rish. Yeah, you should find a spot and you can find more than one spot and have, you know, headquarters and multiple continents or whatever. And, you know, you can make those locations significant by promoting them and getting more people to know about them. And then once we start kind of releasing some of these products like the NFT salon, you could make those locations the places where people come physically or virtually and have a presence for you guys. So be great and let us know. We'd love to, we'd love to partner with you guys. So if that hasn't already been said, let's get in touch and we can figure out how we can spread the message of what you're doing in the world and education and inspiring everyone about these different spaces that you cover. So you're doing great work. And so really appreciate it. And I know Vesa has been on your show. He's one of our artists in residence as well. An amazing artist. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll say we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Rish, it's really been great to have you here. Tell us, you know, where you'd like people to go right now to get involved with what you're up to. So, you know, one, go to Superworld. You can Google us, Superworld, and come right to our website. We're at superworldapp.com, but you can Google Superworld and find us. We're the virtual world in augmented reality. We're on, you know, every social network out there, Superworld app. We're at BitCloud, and it's under Superworld there on BitCloud. But you can find me anywhere as well, Rich Lotwikar on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, I'm really open. So if you have thoughts or ideas, or you want to get involved, or you want us to build something in Superworld that you are dying for it to be a feature, please let us know. I'm really open to that. I mean, that's what we're building Superworld for is to enhance your life. But if you have ideas, please reach out. You can reach me at ceo at superworldapp.com. 
and I will write back to you. So love to talk to you all. Thank you so much for having me. Rich, it's been an honor. Really, it's a privilege to have you here. Really excited about what you're doing. It's going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger as your dreams expand well beyond what they already are. We can't wait to see how things evolve.